Check, check, testing. One, two, one, two, three. Check, check. All right, I'm just checking to make sure that you guys are ready to rock and roll. You ready? Let's do this. Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 508 and session number 158 of Ask Scott. This is where I answer your questions here on the podcast, and I do it every single week, and we're going to do it again today, and I am fired up that you guys are here with me because uh, I've got a lot to share with you on this episode, and uh, some things that I never thought that I would be saying are going to be shared here today. Uh, Yeah, you're going to hear all about that, but before we get into that, uh, let me talk about the questions that we're going to be addressing here, and that is is marketing a unique product or marketing unique products. How do we do that? And uh, changing categories or not. Maybe we should change or maybe we shouldn't. Why should we? Why wouldn't we? Uh, Let's talk about that. And then also adding products, but not just regular products. We're talking about gated products to our brand. Is that something that we should do or should we hold off or should we move out of that category? So some great questions. Those are what I'm going to be addressing. And what I want to do here before we even get started is remind you that if you want to submit your own question, I would love you to by heading over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask. It's that simple. Go there, record a brief message, leave your first name, maybe where you're tuning in from, and that would be awesome. And uh, we can go ahead and have a cup of coffee together and answer some questions. Uh, That's what I love doing. And I do have a cup of coffee right in front of me. Today it is Starbucks, by the way. And uh, I don't know why I I have a Starbucks in front of me today. Normally I have my own, but um, I have a Starbucks coffee right in front of me. So we're going to sit down and uh, and we're going to talk business. We're going to talk life. We're going to talk about different things right now that are going on in my life, which again, like I said in the beginning, I never thought that I would be saying what I'm about to say here. Uh, So the first thing that I want to start off with is my little thought of the day. And this happened to me or where it happened, where I came to this realization and I've had it before, but it happened again is where I say, never say never. Okay. Never say never. All right. And that is in business and that is in life. And I think we can all probably relate to this. I'm sure if you think back and I want you to do this for me, uh, entertain yourself here for a second and uh, go back to something that you said, I will never do that or I would never do that. And then a year goes by or maybe five years or maybe 10 years goes by and you end up doing that thing. I know one thing years ago, Uh, You know, when I was too cool to have a minivan, you know, when I was in my early 20s, uh, you know, I, I was the one that was always like, I'm always going to have just an SUV or something. I'm not going to have, you know, a, a minivan. Those things are for the older people. And those are for, you know, the people that, you know, aren't cool, you know, <laughs> well, I owned a minivan and I was proud of it. I loved it. I love that thing. We took many trips to uh, Florida to visit my father. When we were in upstate New York, we would make that 21 hour trip in that van and the kids loved it and we loved it and it was easy. And uh, gosh, all the all the sporting activities and the kids in and out, like it was a convenience. Like we went in to get an oil change one time on our SUV and uh, started to look around at the dealership and walked out that day with a minivan. That's a true story. So never say never. There's another story that I said I would never own a computer. Yeah, I said that way back when, when my father uh, was 
he had a, well, he was using the computer for business and, and he was just always on it. And it was like the old style computer too. I believe it was just when the, I think the, the bigger or the, uh, I'm sorry, the, um, the colored monitors were coming out, not just like the, the black and not even white, the black and like greenish lettering. You know what I'm talking about? Like the, you know, the old, old school ones. And then windows came out and stuff. And I was, I think I was still in high school at that time. And I would just say to him, like, how do you spend so much time on that thing? I would never own a computer. It's a waste of time. I said that as like a 18 year old kid, uh, even when, uh, you know, I started working construction, I didn't have a computer. I got a computer, uh, when we were thinking about starting our photography business and that's going way back in the day. Um, so, um, anyway, just to kind of give you a little insight there on my, like, I'll never do that. I want you to think about yourself for a second and ask yourself, have you ever said that? Have you ever done that? Think hard. You've probably done it before. But anyway, it happened to me again. Uh, I'm going to admit it. I'm going to admit it here to you. Um, I was uh, sitting at lunch uh, with my wife and my 10-year-old daughter and enjoying a beautiful, beautiful lunch that we were having sitting outside here in South Carolina and everything was going great. And then my wife looks to me and she said, so, and she says to my daughter, so should we uh, ask daddy now? Should we ask him and, and kind of talk about what we've been talking about? And I'm like, okay, here we go. Okay, here comes the sales presentation. And by the way, your kids are generally going to be, if you have kids, are going to be the best salespeople you'll ever meet. They, they know how to do it and they don't even know what they're doing. They just know how to, you know, give you all the benefits, the features, and, you know, scarcity they'll throw in there. You know, there's only a certain amount left or whatever, right? So anyway, I'm sitting there and uh, my wife said, so what would you think about getting another dog? Now, let me just give you a backstory on this. I said before we had Brody, which you guys that are longtime listeners know that, you know, Brody is part of our family. Uh, he's uh, five years old now. And uh, when uh, when we had my daughter, Kayla, I and after our other dog, Cody, who was 12 years old when he passed away, about 12 and a half, I said I would never have another dog while I had kids that young because, number one, it's hard to go on vacation, but then also it's just really hard when that dog passes away, just gut, gut-wrenching. So, and I just didn't want to go through it. I just want to deal with, you know, having to, you know, take him to the vet and all that stuff that comes with owning a dog. So I said, no, we got a kid. We're going to have a kid. But, you know, I was being a little selfish because the kids can enjoy the dog, obviously. So I uh, I, I caved in there and uh, and I got Brody. And, and it's been the best thing um, that we've ever done. Like, I can't imagine life without that dog. So... You know, so I, I, you know, of course, I, I ate my words on that when I said, you know, of course, I would never have another dog. And then I had another dog and now I can't imagine life without him. So I'm thinking to myself and I'm letting them and I'm trying not to shut down at this point. I'm trying to listen, but not be negative. But I'm thinking of all of those th- same things. Right. We've got another dog. It's going to be a puppy. We got to go through those stages. Uh, you know, you know, when, when we go away, it's going to be another dog that our sitter is going to have to watch. Is that going to be okay? Uh, you know, potty training, uh, you know, our yard, is it going to be equipped? Like everything's starting to race through my head. Right. And I know now that my wife is serious, but I know she's, you know, wanting to make sure that I'm on board and just kind of feeling me out. I know how my wife, uh, you know, kind of deals with me after 23 years is, you know, she, she knows how to work it. And that's kind of what she was doing. So she was setting the seed in a sense and letting me know that she was pretty serious, but yet it was going to be our decision. And then my daughter, of course, is going to come in and start, you know, adding her two cents of all of the positives, all of the positives just keeps hammering me, hammering me. 
So we, we kind of, you know, left lunch and I was still in a daze, by the way, I felt like I was hit by a truck and, uh, and, uh, our lunch started off like, you know, with a clear head. And then afterwards I got all this stuff racing through my head. And so that was kind of it. You know, we just, you know, my, my wife's like, you know, just, you know, think about it. You know, we don't, we're not making a decision, but she already told me that they already picked out a dog. The dog was in Tennessee, which is about six and a half, seven hours from here. Um, there's a, it's a, and actually I'll let you know what kind of dog it's the Bernadoodle. So it's uh, between a, a Bernice mountain dog and a poodle. So it's a medium size, which I liked. I don't like, um, well, it's not that I don't like, I don't want a larger dog. I had a larger dog, uh, Cody, who was a golden retriever, loved him, but just a bigger dog. So I wanted something medium, especially going with our, our other dog, Brody. So that was the dog that they liked, you know, it doesn't shed. So my, my, you know, my daughter's like, they don't shed. They live till at least 12 years old. Cause I didn't want a dog that had a short lifespan. So she's giving me all the selling features on the dog. You know, they're very playful. They'll calm down when, when, uh, when you calm down, you know, they, they take on the, the traits of their owners and, you know, she's selling me, she's got all the facts. So anyway, uh, about, you know, over the next couple of days, I'm thinking about it and I'm like, you know, I, I probably should just go along here because I know it'll probably be great. And I know that it'll probably add another dynamic, uh, you know, element to our, to our, uh, you know, family and it's going to make these guys happy and I'll ultimately be happy and I'll probably fall in love with the dog and you know, life will be good. But I said, I will never have two dogs at once. I said that that came out of my mouth when we had Brody. I said, that's, that's good. We're good. We've got him. Okay. It's that, that's what we're going to have. And that's what we're going to do. And we did for five years. And, uh, now we're going to have another dog. So as I'm recording this, I'm actually going to be ending this recording and I'm going to be driving my wife to the airport. She's flying to Tennessee. She is going to meet the, uh, the owner, um, that is breeding, uh, these dogs, um, you know, really, uh, you know, I guess really high, high level breeder, you know, my wife checked everything out and she's big on that. So anyway, so she's got to meet her. And then from there, my wife's going to rent a car and drive back, um, to, and actually funny story is my daughter, Alexis, who lives in Seattle right now was going to be coming in and visiting and she was gonna be landing today, Tuesday. This is before all this happened, but now she switched her flight to fly into Tennessee, meet my wife, and then they're going to hop in a car and they're going to drive back with a new dog. So this all happened in the matter of about four days, by the way. So, you know, last week at this time, I was not thinking this. I wasn't even, it wasn't even part of my, uh, I don't even know if it, well, it was my wife's because they, they got the idea from going to um, the animal shelter. My uh, daughter had a lemonade stand in the summer and they donated money from that lemonade stand to the shelter and that got her wheels spinning and all that stuff. So I told them when I go away, no more going to the shelter. Uh, but anyway, so that's what's happening. Uh, so kind of crazy, right? But never say never. And that goes for business. That goes for life, anything. And this is proof of it. And I want you to also think about your own situation or even upcoming ones. Try to be open-minded. I know sometimes it's hard. It was hard for me. Uh, but when you do that, uh, a lot of times good things will happen. And I know from this, it will definitely be a plus for our family. It's just a matter of getting, uh, you know, getting out of your comfort level because that's exactly what I am, right? I, 
I, I have a dog and, you know, my dog is pretty much already adapted to our life and I know what to expect. With a new dog, it's new, right? You don't know what to expect. You don't know how the two dogs are going to get along. You don't, uh, you know, you just don't know because it's something added to your life now, right? So it's, it's a little uncomfortable. So again, going back to, you know, what I've talked about in the past is if you feel uncomfortable, it's generally a good sign. So you probably want to entertain it or, you know, at least think about it. Uh, and the same thing goes for business. Like I said, like right now you might be nervous about starting your business for whatever reasons. There's going to be all of these things you're going to keep, you know, kind of like self-sabotaging yourself with. And these are our thoughts a lot of times that are there to protect you, but then also uh, maybe not allow you to actually make that jump. And then from there, that will hold you back or not allow you to grow. And there's a lot of different psychology that goes into it. And I'm actually reading a book right now called um, The Big Leap, which talks about this is where we get to our upper limit or our, you know, our, our limit of happiness. And then we start to sabotage it because in our past, we've, you know, not wanted to be happy for that long. And we want to basically focus on, you know, things that will not be happy so we feel normal again, if that makes sense. And it's kind of complicated, but I'm, I'm starting to understand it. I'm probably gonna have to read that book twice because it talks a lot about, you know, finding your upper limit and then knowing how to stay in, in that upper limit so you get the most out of your life and you don't start self-sabotaging yourself. And it's really the same thing here, right? I, I, I immediately came in with all of the things that were negative. I didn't think of the positive as much um, and I just didn't want to deal with it, to be honest with you. Um, so... Anyway, that's what's happening. So kind of a crazy story, right? And I'm sure that you've had stories like this where one day nothing's in your uh, thoughts about this thing. And then a week later, you're, you know, on a plane or you're in the car driving somewhere um, just unexpectedly because something happened in your site and you're like, yeah, let's go do it. So it's a say it's, it's crazy. But anyway, I'm still a little, I'm still a little, uh, a little <laughs> sidetracked here because, um, I can't believe that my wife's going to be heading to the airport to get on a plane, to fly to Tennessee, to grab a dog and then come home with our dog. Um, and I will be announcing the name. I, I, mean, I don't want to say it hundred percent yet. We're, we're kind of really close. Uh, I'd say about 99% close, but, um, I'll announce that maybe on the next ask Scott. So next, Friday. Tune in and I'll give you another update on the dog and how the dog is doing. All right. So that was long. Sorry. I wanted to fill you in though and let you guys know that, you know, things in life happen and uh, you have to, uh, you have to be willing to uh, entertain them and never say never. All right. So before we jump in to the questions, I wanted to remind you also listen to episode 506 if you haven't. And that talks about change. It talks about the change of of, uh, the amazing seller, um, why I decided to do this. It's not a huge change. If anything, it's adding more of what I want to talk about, more of what I've done um, a few times um, in digital products and, uh, you know, just digital marketing in general. Um, so that's episode 506. It'll kind of give you the story on that. And then 507 is really my first piece on that. And that's where I talk about how myself and my wife built a digital products business back in 2007 and 2008. And we built that into a six figure business. And, uh, and I tell you everything about it and kind of how it happened and how it changed my life really. Um, so definitely go check that out. And then the last thing is we are going to be announcing our TAS winner, all right, and that is uh, something that I announced on the 500th episode. If you have not listened to that one, that would be one to listen to as well. And we're going to celebrate on May 1st. I'm going to be selecting a winner. So if you're listening to this before May 1st, you still have time. All you have to do is go to theamazingseller.com forward slash coffee. Okay, so theamazingseller.com forward slash 
coffee and uh, you'll see exactly what you got to do there. And it's not much. It'll take you like literally less than five, maybe 10 minutes, uh, it, depending on how much you want to write. But um, it's been great. There's been over 200 entries so far. So uh, definitely, definitely go check that out. And I want to thank you guys again for being listeners. All right. And uh, yeah, let's um, let's go ahead and uh, get rocking and rolling here. What do you say? Let's go ahead and listen to today's first question and I'll give you my answer. Let's do this. <laughs> Hi, Scott. So this isn't really a question. It's more of a request. I have my own original product that I designed and I had made actually here in the U.S. And I would. So, you know, a lot of the product like the sourcing overseas and private labeling doesn't really apply to me. But I would absolutely love to hear more about just general, you know, marketing and how to market an original product. Um, So, you know, just a request I'm putting in. And thank you so much for your podcast. I really appreciate everything you're doing. Okay, so this is a really good question and I love it. And uh, I believe the question comes in from Sherry because I seen that on the audio file. So I'm pretty sure it is. But anyway, I know this wasn't a question, but I think it is a question in a sense for anyone else that's thinking about this as well, because a lot of people think like, you know, we talk a lot about sourcing. We talk a lot about like finding, uh, you know, a manufacturer and all of this stuff. And you're right. But everything else is the same. The difference is you already have that part figured out. Okay. So if you came to me and you go, Scott, I've got this product. I manufacture it in the U S um, it's unique. I hate, I even have a patent pending on it and I think I'm going to get one granted. Um, and it's, it's uh, something that I want to sell online period. Okay. Forget about Amazon for a minute. Forget about funnels. Forget about any of that stuff for right now. What I would be asking myself is number one, am I building a brand around this product? And will there be other products that you'll be creating around this one product? And I'm going to guess yes would be the answer to most of those questions. And if it, if it was no, I would ask, well, why aren't you building a brand around this one product that you created? Because obviously it's serving a market. Okay, I'm pretty sure that a product that you would, you would create that would, that would be unique would be serving a purpose of some kind or, you know, something for that market to use. Okay, most products are right. It's either to solve a problem or make it easier uh, or just something uh, that you have fun with. Right. So all of that stuff would come. So going into like marketing 101, it would be like, well, number one, I would look at like the market as a whole. Like, are you niching down in a bigger market? So if you're in the fishing market and you're going to niche down into the bass fishing market and then niche down even further into the kayak bass fishing market, that's how we're niching down. So that's what I would do. I would start to look at the market and see where are you positioning your product? I would also start to think of the story that you can tell around that product and why you decided to create that product. You know, well, I've been fishing for many years and the one problem that I've always found is that when I'm out on the kayak, um, you know, and I'm, you know, trying to pull the fish up, you know, it's always hard because the boat tips or whatever. And I created this stabilizer thing and I'm totally, you know, making this stuff up. I have no idea if that's even an issue, but you see what I'm saying, right? You tell the story and you talk about maybe how, when you were a kid, you were always, always fishing with your dad or with, you know, your brother and, uh, and that got the bug and, and all you do is, or all you did was just think about fishing, you know, every single day while you're in school. And then after that, and so you just tell the story of how you became passionate or, um, interested in this market. 
market and then you start to tell your story and that story could be on your about page on your website and then you can start creating content around that um so that's how my mind thinks right yes you have a product but then i'd say okay who is the product serving let's go find that you know, that market and let's start talking and communicating with that market. Let's start figuring out where they're hanging out. And then I can start to build these, these pieces of content and these assets. So this way here, I'm attracting those people, right? So, and you heard how I, I didn't talk anything about sourcing, right? Like sourcing is just how we get the product made, right? And manufactured, right? So that's like just one part of building a brand, right? So I would be thinking about that. I'd also be thinking about digital products. I'd be thinking about does that does that market need phys, or uh, digital products alongside the physical products? That'd be another thing I'd ask. Um, could you create a podcast in in that uh, in that market? Could you create a YouTube channel in that market? Uh, could you write blog posts? Like, what is your strength? If you like talking like I do, um, then I would do a podcast or do YouTube. Um, if you like writing, I would do a blog. Um, so I would try to take the thing that's easy for you to do right now and really just focus on that area and do really good as far as creating content and marketing it. But marketing 101 is, you know, find the market, you know, see what they want and need, help them in achieving that. And then a byproduct of that is they will buy from you eventually. Like that's it. Like that's basic one-on-one marketing, right? And now that we have digital marketing, it makes it even easier because years ago you would send mail pieces and you can still do mail by the way, but you sell, sell, uh, uh, send mail pieces or you do billboards, you do paper ads, you do magazines, all that stuff. We can literally have our message or our product in front of our audience in a matter of minutes. Okay. So just think about that. That's what I would do. And I would start to really create a plan of all of the things that you could do and then start picking the ones that are going to be the easiest for you to do and also the ones that will give you the most bang for your buck. All right. So that's what I would do. Hopefully that helped you and anyone else. And by the way, if you have questions, guys, on this stuff, like I said in episode 506, I am going to be talking more about this because this to me is where is where I get the most satisfaction as well is helping people take this this thing that you have right this this product or this market that you're passionate about and creating a business plan around that both you know you know creating content and also creating products and th those products could be physical and digital or you know or one or the other or both or whatever um, and then creating content and creating the right offers and like all that stuff that's where I shine and that's where I want to be able to help you with that in the future. So if you have any questions like that, send them in. Um, I really want to be able to help you any way that I can. Okay. So let's go ahead and listen to the next question and I'll give you my answer. Hi, Scott. My name's Rob. And my question is whether changing a product's category on your listing can affect sales. My listing was recently hijacked. And although I was able to get the hijacker off my listing, I saw a significant decrease in sales. I don't believe I lost any sales due to the hijacker because I had the buy box 100% of the time and they only had one unit of my item listed. Upon checking my listing, I saw that my product category was changed and I was wondering if that would be the factor in my uh, uh, de decrease of sales. And also, would this mean that I lose my sales history and ranking and all that stuff 
And would I have to relaunch with PPC and others, other methods to kind of get back to where I was? Anyway, great podcast. Love the help that you provide for all of us. And I look forward to your answer. Hey, Rob, thank you so much for the question. And this is a good one. And it's funny because Chris Schaefer and I just did a coaching call uh, for our uh, private label classroom inside of TAS Breakthrough U. And uh, and this came up about categories and uh, the badges, you know, and should we switch a category to get a certain badge and all that stuff. And I'm not going to get into all that stuff. I mean, the short answer is, you know, I would never just change a category to get a badge. Um, I don't think it has that much uh, that much of a conversion bump. Uh, in order to do it, uh, or, you know, for you to switch categories. Now, if it makes sense to switch categories or add a category, then by all means, it's fine. Now, what you're talking about though, is, you know, you're, you're thinking to yourself that, you know, you're, uh, you got hijacked and then you said your, your category changed. What makes me a little concerned there is if you got hijacked, if they were able to go in and edit and make requests because now they owned the buy box, um, that would be my only concern. Because usually it's not just going to automatically be switched. Unless you just launched, they put you in a category, and then they decided to switch. Um, But I have not really seen that much. Not saying it couldn't happen, but I just haven't seen it happen all that much. Um, As far as relaunching because you're in a new category, I wouldn't worry about it. Here's the thing we need to understand. A category is great and all, okay? But really, If someone is searching for a stainless steel garlic press and they're searching on Amazon in all categories, they're going to find you, period, okay? Where it makes makes a a difference is if you are in a category in, let's just say, home and kitchen, and let's say, for example, someone is in sports and outdoors because they were already searching in sports and outdoors for something else, and they don't know to go in and look at all departments or all categories— and they search for stainless steel garlic press, they're going to be searching in that category, okay? Now, they wouldn't probably find a lot of garlic presses in, in sporting uh, sports and outdoors or whatever, and then they might say, oh, wait a minute here, I got to you know, refine my search or whatever. You know, most people aren't going to know to do that, right? But for most people, if they are sitting down, like I know myself, if I'm going to go do a new search right now, I just, you know, I was out doing um, some cooking and my garlic press broke. I'm going to go buy one. I go to Amazon. I go to the search bar. I type in stainless steel garlic press and boom, it comes up. It's automatically going to show me, you know, those broad results in all different categories. Now it's going to show up if it was in a sporting sports and outdoors category, home and kitchen category, automotive category, wherever it is, it's still going to show up. Okay. It's only going to make a difference if you're searching in that category. All right. The other thing is, is if someone is, um, if someone is searching in a category and not even for your product, and then you have your product listed in that category, it could show up in, um, in hot, hot releases or hot new releases or, um, you know, and any other related stuff, it could show up. So that would be a positive, right? A plus. So yes, I would think to, to myself, what category makes the most sense, okay? That's where I would go. If you were already in a different category and you're moving to another one, I wouldn't necessarily go and, and do a huge launch for that. Um, if you are gonna do something, yeah, just go ahead and you know dial up your pay-per-click a little bit so that way there you start getting known for sales in that category and, and with those keywords. But I wouldn't stress about it. What I would do is I would make sure you're in the right category. So if that means switching, switch, and then just do what you normally do. Go get sales. Like, that's it. 
Like I wouldn't worry about it. I would make sure that your listing is, is still all optimized. I'd make sure those backend keywords are where, where you want them to be. I would make sure my bullet points are good. My description is good. The pictures are good. Like I would just check everything and just make sure that I'm in the right category for my product. And that's it. Like I wouldn't overthink it. Okay. And I wouldn't do a relaunch, you know, necessarily, unless you just want to get a bump in sales. Like that's it. Um, so that's what I would do. Hopefully this helped you. I wouldn't stress too much about it. Um, and, uh, yeah, just keep me posted and let me know how, uh, how you make out. All right. So let's go ahead and listen to one more last question before we wrap this up. And I got to get in the car and head to the airport. As I said earlier, I got to bring my wife to go get our new dog. It's still weird saying that. Um, anyway, uh, let's jump into the last question here and I'll give you my answer. Hey, Scott. My name's Carly. I am from South Florida. I've been listening to your podcast for probably six months now, and it has helped me so much. And I just want to say thank you for that starting out. Um, my question is that I have just ordered my inventory, and it should be here in about a month at the um, Amazon warehouse. And then I'll be launching that product and I know you talk a lot about building a brand and I'm just looking for the future about like second products and stuff like that. And you say when you scroll down and it shows the frequently bought together, when I see the other products in my category, because I know you talk about building a brand, there are products that I believe are gated or need they need to be approved by Amazon, but my product isn't. But everything that's related to it, if I go deeper into the brand or the category, it looks like the other products need to be gated. So my question is just, how would I go about getting approved for products like that? Do you recommend staying in this category or do you think it would be too hard to get approved? Um, and should I start looking into doing that now since I have some time before I will even be looking at my second product? So it's kind of a lot of questions. I hope this all made sense. Thanks again for all your information on the podcast. And I hope you hear my question. Thanks. Hey, Carly, thank you so much for the question. And I'm a little confused on this question because if you're in a category and you're already selling, then you're ungated for that category. But what I'm thinking what I think I'm hearing is that there might be some other categories that your other products are listed in and those are gated. Um, I'm a little confused there. Um, but to make this really easy for, for you and for me, um, what I would do is, yes, I would get ungated for those. And I would just go through the ungating process. Um, and we've talked about that in the past here on the podcast. Um, but that's what I would do, right? I would just go through that process. Now, if there are products that make sense to launch next, like your second, third, and fourth, then yeah, do that right away. You know, I would probably do that anyway if you know that eventually you're going to be launching products in those categories. Um, I would just start going through that process. All right, this way here, you have time to do it. But I like how you said that you're building a brand, okay? And you want to fill that out with other products that are related to the brand. Perfect, okay? And if that means that you need to get ungated in some of these other categories, then that's what you need to do, okay? And if the brand to you is something that you see like in your future that you want to build and that you see that there's definitely a huge amount of potential here for you, 
then that's what you're focusing on. Like all of those pieces. And, and guys, we talk a lot about this in product discovery bootcamp. I didn't even mention that uh, in the in the beginning, which I probably should have. Um, it's it's one of our new trainings, which really does lend itself to finding your market and then from there building a product line inside of that market in your brand. Um, so if you guys want to check that out, theamazingseller.com forward slash bootcamp. But it, it does exactly this, all right? And for me, I like this, this approach because now what we're doing is all we're doing is focusing on that brand and that market. And if that means that I need to get ungated, I need to get ungated, all right? I'm not looking at the next shiny object over here, the uh, the other product that, you know, uh, one of the tools showed that, you know, it's got great sales and it's trending up. Like, I'm not looking at any of that stuff. All I'm looking at is products that will be uh, potentially sold in my brand. So that's it. So right now, you said you've got about 30 days before your product comes in. Well, my first question would be, how are you going to launch it? Okay. Do you know how many sales you need to rank? Again, this is what we've talked about in the past. A lot of times when you're going through this initial, you know, this initial, uh, you know, product research and all of this stuff, sometimes people don't account for that. They just, you know, they, they look at numbers and go, oh, it's selling 50 a day. Yay. And that's not my approach. I want to find products that are selling between 10 and 15 a day. Yes, some might be selling 50, but 10 or 15. So I know that that's what I need to compete with. That's what I need to sell in order to rank. So for me, for you, the advice would be, okay, so how many sales are you going to have to get? Uh, let's say it's 12 a day. Well, okay, then hopefully you've got enough inventory where you could sell for seven to 14 days. So this way here, you can start to rank. I don't think you'd have to go 14 days if you're only needing to sell 12, but let's call it seven days. Let's call it 10 days, whatever, right? So that's what I would be focusing on. So then I'd be saying, okay, am I building a list? If I'm not building a list, how can I build a list? Or if I don't want to build a list right now, I want to go out and find influencers or I want to go out and find other pages that um, that have sponsorships uh, or I want to go to a Facebook page and see that they have a, a really big following. Maybe I'll reach out to the admins. Like that's what I'd be focusing on. So this way here, when you're ready to launch, you can get sales right out of the gate and that's key. Okay. Then I'd be thinking about what uh, what keywords am I going to be targeting? Okay, let me get 10 of those together so I can set up a manual campaign in pay-per-click when I'm ready. All right, I'm going to set the auto campaign. That's going to be that's going to be just kind of like, you know, on the back um, of our of our manual campaign. So this way here we can we can at least get some intelligence there as well. And it might even turn into a profitable campaign. So those are the things that I'm thinking in the first 30 days. That's like key. Now, if all that stuff is there, you've already done that stuff and you're good to go. Then I'd be thinking, okay, I've got these other two or three products that are in the queue. Let me go out and start, you know, looking for a supplier or maybe my manufacturer will make those two. That's even better. Or maybe my, my next product is going to be a couple of variations off the first, whatever, right? That's where I would be thinking as far as what am I doing next? All right. To build out this brand. And if part of that is getting ungated, that would be part of that next phase for me. Okay. So Hopefully this helped you and hopefully it's helping anyone else right now listening that is thinking to themselves, I want to go out and find that product. All right. You're going to hear me say now and into the future for a long time, we don't want to just go out there and find the next fidget spinner or the next hot product. What we want to do is find a market and preferably a sub market. So this way here we can sell physical products and possibly 
digital products, and we can do some really good digital marketing and create content and create different resources and assets for that market to build out our brand. And then all our focus, 100% of our focus goes to building the brand and that's it. Okay. And then it honestly, it's easier and it's less, it's less distracting. It's like, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to show up for every single day. Okay. So just, just think about that. If you guys are still thinking, I want to find that one-off product. uh, I'm here to tell you, I would rather you do something like this. All right. So that's pretty much going to wrap up this episode. Guys, I want to remind you a couple things. The show notes can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash 508. Also, if you want to head over to uh, theamazingseller.com forward slash coffee, and if you want to uh, leave your comment there and be entered into the uh, the TAS little giveaway here that we're doing, go ahead and do that if it's before May 1st. If not, you can still go there and leave your comments. I would love to read them. And then the last thing is, if you're stuck in this, how do I find my market or how do I find products, definitely check out Product Discovery Bootcamp, and you can find that by heading over to theamazingseller.com forward slash bootcamp. All right, guys, I got to run. I got to head to the airport. Uh, Again, I can't believe I'm saying that. But anyway, the next time that I'm on the mic, I will most likely have another dog, which I said I would never have while I had my current one. So again, never say never. All right, guys. So that's it. That's going to wrap it up. Remember, as always, I'm here for you. I believe in you and I'm rooting for you. But you have to, you have to, come on, say it with me, say it loud, say it proud, take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you right back here on the next episode with my new dog, which I'll be probably posting pictures soon, so stay tuned, all right? Have have an awesome day, guys. I gotta head to the airport.